Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another Ars Blog Arscast on arsblog.com in association with oleole.com and also in association with my increasingly creaky chair. See? It's the creakiest chair known to man. I should oil it, uh, but, you know, I'd probably get oil all over my pants then. And it's not the seat necessarily, that's the squeaky bit. Uh, yeah, but why would you oil the seat? I don't know. Anyway, it's another week over, and that means, that means that we're another week closer uh, to the new football season. I don't know about you, but I'm missing the football, even though, for some strange reason, Arsblog is busier in the summer than it is when we actually have games. Uh, there are more visitors, more comments, um, more people giving out to me and things. I, I think... Uh, Probably it's people just desperate for news and looking for information wherever they can get it, clicking refresh time and time and time again. Or it could be down to the fact that uh, the blogs are so amazingly awesome, full of information that you can't get elsewhere and exclusives that others only, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just strange. It's just strange. Uh, it would be nice to get some real football back, though, because I do miss the Arsenal. We did yesterday get uh, the fixtures for next season, which are quite interesting. I think uh, August is a good chance uh, for us to, to get off to a good start with a home game against Fulham, an away game against uh, Blackburn Rovers, and also a home game against Manchester City. Also in August, we've got two UEFA Champions League qualifying games, of course, uh, to get through to the group stages. Uh, so you would have to think, you would have to think, that after what happened last year, that nine points out of nine would be the target for that, because we just can't let what happened last year happen again because we'll just find ourselves out of the title race uh, before the end of the first month of the season or at least putting ourselves in an incredibly difficult position uh, so you would think Fulham at home yeah that's a game we can win Blackburn away tough one but we won it last year with 10 men and also Manchester City at home uh, yeah that's a game we should be winning. So nine points and uh, 14 goals uh, in each game. And uh, in the UEFA Champions League qualifier, I expect us to win both legs about 7-0. And that will inspire us. That will give us the confidence uh, to go on for the rest of the season unbeaten. And in fact, we will go without conceding a goal until uh, the second week in January uh, when Birmingham City will score an own goal off uh, William Gallas's penis who will have defected to the dark side by then. Um, anyway, enough of the waffle. Coming up on today's Arsecast, uh, we've got uh, a man in the bar player history for you. As well as that, 
Uh, I'll be discussing very shortly uh, Thierry Henry, who's been making all the headlines this week. Uh, we'll be talking about what he said, what he hasn't said, uh, what he needs to say, perhaps, uh, and, and basically the whole situation surrounding Thierry Henry, uh, which to my mind is rather uh, different than it was even this time last week. Things have uh, taken a bit of a change, if you ask me. We all know the lure of going to play for somewhere like Barcelona. Uh, it's a big club with a massive reputation. Uh, an amazing city I should know I drank there for five years Um, uh, uh, a great stadium uh, in which to watch football although not necessarily the most atmospheric place you would ever watch football I've gone to games there uh, where it hasn't necessarily been any more than two-thirds full and and they're a quiet bunch unless of course something good happens in which case they cheer and um, if something bad happens they, they unite in animosity towards whoever that might be, whether it's uh, Luis Figo or whether it's a referee or whether it's any other opposition player, they do tend to, you know, join in unison and give out about them. But in general, in terms of just atmosphere and singing, meh, leaves a, a little bit to be desired. Um, and, it, you know, it's probably one of those things that we have to put up with now that we are uh, a more high-profile club than we were. And we've had uh, some incredible players uh, over the last few years. Your Bergkamp's, Vieira's, Henri's, who are top, top, top class players, and it's just natural, I suppose, that the biggest clubs in the world will try and buy them, and you see these deals happening all the time between Juventus and Milan, uh, Juventus, Real Madrid, between even Madrid and Barcelona, big transfers of big players happen all the time, and maybe that's just something that, that we have to put up with, but it, it, it's, uh, it's not necessarily a new phenomenon. Nowadays, you know, after a season has ended, the club releases a, an end-of-season uh, DVD in which you can watch all the games, you get commentary and stuff like that, and all kinds of extras and things like that. But back in the day, back in the day, uh, Arsenal released, uh, after every season, uh, an end-of-season 78. And I've got one here from, from 1947, 1948, I think it was. And it's a journalist uh, called... Cuthbert Sinjin Jemison III, talking about an episode uh, in which an Arsenal captain was being lured abroad by a foreign club. Have a listen. Ah, yes, I remember very well uh, Alfred Constable, who was uh, captain of Arsenal from 1909 until 1921. Uh, a marvellous career he had at the club, you see. And I remember, I think it was in about uh, 1914, he was offered... 42,000 old pounds a year, which in these days, I suppose, would be the equivalent of 400 billion billion pounds uh, to go and play for Real Madrid in Spain. You see, at that time, uh, the Spanish language hadn't quite evolved to the level it's at now, and Real Madrid was simply known as blokes in white. Uh, similarly, Barcelona uh, were known as blokes in red and blue, and Valencia were called the other blokes in white, uh, which did cause some confusion uh, throughout the Iberian Peninsula. Uh, hence, many of the teams there wearing stripes. For example, Betis were called the blokes in green and white stripes, you see. Um, but, uh, of course, he turned them down, being very loyal to Arsenal Football Club. He knew exactly which side his bread was was butted on, you see. Um, he knew money wasn't everything, and uh, serving Arsenal and being part of the community uh, was far more important to him than, than money or, or fame 
or indeed all the sexy Spanish broads he could, you know, put up against a wall and, and shag senseless. Um, it reflects, uh, I think, very well on the way football was at that time. Well, those were certainly days to long for, weren't they? When football was played by gentlemen, loyalty was inbuilt. It wasn't something you had to buy with big contracts or the captaincy. Uh, we can only look back wistfully and uh, with nostalgia on days like that. Hmm. Sorry, sorry, I was looking back. Uh, anyway, uh, as we all know, the story uh, about Thierry Henry and Barcelona and where he's going to play next season is is what's dominating the headlines and the Arsenal blogosphere uh, this week. With me now to discuss what's going on uh, is the man from East Lore. Hello to you, sir. Uh, hello. Uh, have you got a beer? A beard? A beer. Oh, yeah, no, I do, yeah. I've uh, got a, a, um, a Peroni. A Peroni. Okay, mm. and I've got Czech lager, so we're both in... Beer country, as it were. Proper Europeans. Absolutely. Um, I suppose we should talk about Thierry Henry, because uh, his comments this week, uh, while open to interpretation, uh, for example, the comment that he made where he said it, it could be the same this year. Uh, some people have taken that to mean that it could be the same, that lots of clubs are after him, or it, it could be the same, that, that he might stay. But there is um, a huge amount of ambiguity over his situation at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, there is a lot, and you, you know, it, it's it seems pretty obvious that he's doing it on purpose. So, um, you know, it's a bit like if you're at work and your boss said to you, you know, are you happy? Are you staying? And you sort of said, well, I'm employed here at the moment. Um, nothing's changing. I'll let you know if it does. It just doesn't sound good, does it? No. Do we need to maybe look into why um, that situation is like that? Because if we if we go back twelve months. Not long after the Champions League final, uh, Thierry Henry says, if I can just scroll up here, he says, I always refer to Arsenal as my home. I've been welcomed with open arms. The love I receive here, sometimes from non-Arsenal fans, is something I can't forget about. I've never played in Spain and never will. This is my last contract. That's fairly definitive. So when you compare that to what's gone on this week, there is a marked difference. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I mean, that that is pretty definitive, but... Things do change, and it changes. Things change not just in football, but in life. And, and you know, I mean, I, I don't particularly want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but um, clearly there has been a lot of stuff behind the scenes um, with the whole Dean thing, which he doesn't like. And and you know, he had a pretty bad season. Um, he wasn't fit. He was pretty unhappy. You could tell at times he was really frustrated with himself. And uh, and you know, maybe maybe he's changed. He, well, he clearly looks like he probably has changed his mind. So. Um, these things happen. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if I don't think I think most Arsenal fans can accept if he come turns around and says, "Look, I just need a new challenge," uh, you know, I really do. Um, I've loved it here. Blah blah blah. We'd all say, "Okay, well, that's just the way things work, isn't it, in football?" But you know, he he's just being a bit of an oh, I don't know. He's being a bit childish about it. I think. Yeah. Do, do you think he's trying to put uh, the club in a position where where they sell him, so he doesn't have to come out and say, "Look, I want to leave." I think so, yeah. I think ultimately he, he, he still has a lot of respect for uh, the Arsenal fans and, and um, I think he doesn't want to leave under a cloud like some players have. So, yeah, I, I suspect that's probably happening. But, um, it, you know, like he said, he, he probably has got loads of people talking for him at the moment and uh, it's just a bit of a mess. Yeah, I mean, the, the France football article, uh, which appeared during the week, which uh, I think we can safely assume was, was commissioned by uh, FC Barcelona, 
in order to kind of knock this thing on a little bit because everybody sort of reads the stuff in El Mundo and, and Sport and the Spanish papers and they go, yeah, we, we've seen this before. But France Football is a fairly well-respected journal. Um, and you have Jerome Anderson then saying, look, I'm going to take legal action against France Football. Do we think that legal action is going to take place or will it be the sort of legal action that Sam Allardyce took against the BBC after that Panorama programme? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think anything will happen. I, I don't um, I don't really know why they do it, but um, it, it seems to me that Henri, you know, he, he's not going to be swayed by a couple of newspaper reports because it's pretty transparent how Barcelona go around their business. So I think if he's... If he's going to go, he's made his mind up, and it doesn't really matter if there's loads of newspaper reports, however false or however true they are. I think he, he's probably made his mind up one way or another already, and um, and he just needs to tell us, really, doesn't he? Or tell his club, even. Sure. Do, do you think, I mean, you mentioned the Dean thing, and I have this theory, and it is only a theory, I should say, in that... He obviously is very close to the Dean family. Darren Dean is his, was his best man and his, his best friend, and they you know play marbles and stuff together at the weekends. David Dean left Arsenal for the reasons that we all know, um, but probably has been involved in, uh, in some PR exercises, will we say. Is it beyond the realms of possibility that Thierry is getting it not in the year but he's got uh, this side of the story being uh, put to him all the time that unless Dean and Kroenke come in then Arsenal will never have the money to buy the players that they need to win the league to win the Champions League etc etc and that has allowed him let's say to become uh, a little bit more detached from Arsenal Football Club in that he sees Arsenal Football Club as, as Arsene Wenger and David Dean for example whereas he doesn't see the current board uh, as Arsenal Football Club in so much as uh, he can now behave in a way that he would never have done were Dean still uh, part of things. Does yeah, that make sense? It does make sense. That I, I think, I mean, it's poss- It's not beyond the realms of possibility but it is at the moment certainly from my point of view it's con- conjecture really. We don't know. We don't know whether there is a PR sort of um, mission going on from the Deans that it would who knows I mean so much stuff happens in football it, it could it could be happening but um, I certainly think that he probably if there was a, t- a side to take he'd take the side of the Deans it seems quite clear and what we don't know is how much of a battle is going on sort of between the current board and Dean in one way or another still so I mean it is it, it's all possible isn't it but um, I don't know yeah, no, neither do I. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, no, it, it's possible. I, I think, to be honest, um, we probably it's like a tip of the iceberg. We probably only know a little bit about what's going on, but um, I wouldn't say it was impossible. No. Uh, okay, well, let, let's throw something else out there that Thierry Henry wants to go to Barcelona. Is it not... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, Arsene Wenger, number one, he has to replace... Uh, Thierry Henry and, and his ability on the pitch. He has to try, at very least, to include Etu as part of the deal, doesn't he? Because let's say Arsenal do hold the cards. Thierry has a three year three years left on his contract. If we don't want him to go anywhere, then you know we can just choose not to sell him. So if he really does want to go, and Arsene is prepared to let him leave, Etu as part of the deal would would soften the blow in uh, in some way, wouldn't it? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Totally, yeah. I mean, there aren't many. There's a lot of clubs, especially in England, with a lot of money at the moment, and they're all desperately trying to get a striker who will score them 20, 25 goals. I mean, the fact that Spurs and West Ham are haggling over eighteen million pounds for Bent is absolutely staggering. So <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? And and seventy five grand a week apparently. Um, what? So it's, yes, that's what I, that's what I read. So Jeez. so it's, it's unbelievable that um, that that Wenger wouldn't. If Henri was going to go, of course he'd try and get Etu in in return. It would make absolute sense because there aren't that many decent strikers around who he can get his hands on. In all honesty, so God, yeah, he, he's got to give it a go and um, try his absolute hardest. Yeah, if, if that's going to, you know, if that's the case, absolutely. Okay. Well, I think you know certainly that would uh, that would soften the blow. Even though Etu would be off to the African Cup of Nations um, with Adi Bayor, probably, which would leave us yeah, a bit short. Um, yeah, it's true. But uh, you know, there, if someone said to all the top clubs in England, if you could have one striker from uh, you know Europe, who would you have? They'd all say Etu at the moment. So, yeah. God, yeah, you've got if you if you're losing Henri, who is a who is a massive player to lose. Um, in terms of the amount of goals he can score and, and the kind of things he can do, then I suppose Etu would be a good replacement. Okay. Um, all right, then. I'm going to ask you to put your um, your money where your mouth is. Well, not money, but, I mean, if you now had to predict what was going to happen, what would you say? Well, last season, when there was a lot of conjecture about Henri going... He came out two days after the Champions League final and said he was staying. I think it was two days. If it wasn't two days, it wasn't much longer than that. And, you know, it didn't take much to change his mind, put it that way. This time around, it's lasted six you know, six weeks already. And uh, it, he, he's not... Everything he says is completely ambiguous. Um, so I just think it's probably quite likely. But who knows? Okay. I, th- I think it's more possible than it was last year, put it that way. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um... New shirts. What do you make of the white kit? Uh, oh, you're going to shoot me for saying it, but I don't <laughs> actually. I don't actually mind it. Yes, it's Spurs, but do you know it's not a bad shirt. It looks all right. It's a lot better than some of the crap we've churned out in the past. Yeah, even 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 the green and blue. Um, the green and blue is a bit of an odd one, isn't it? No, that. What I think is, I, I think it's a bit of. What I think is a bit of a piss take is them launching a shirt, if it's true, just for European games. I mean, you know, it's, there's money making and there's money making. It's completely unnecessary, but um, it's, oh, I don't know. Is it a coincidence that, you know, we've got one shirt in Real Madrid colours and the other shirt in Barcelona colours? 
<laughs> I, I think it was. I think it was done on purpose. I think we're going to become a feeder club. Yeah, I like. Def- it's definitely going to happen. I like the idea of that. We can just <laughs> bring in these players, make them great, and then they can fuck off to Spain when they feel well, like it. It worked quite well before. <laughs> you know, we you know we we sold we sold a Nelka to Real Madrid for twenty three million. That kept us going for years. So it's quite a good deal. It's a business at the end of the day, isn't it? Indeed. Oh. And how much did we get for Overmars from Barcelona? Twenty-five million as well. Well, that was Overmars, and and well, Petit was sort of tagged on to the end of it, wasn't he? That's a pretty good deal too. I mean, you know, it there's was. some money to be made there. Yeah. So do you? Yeah, Thierry Henry for Etu or Etu and a couple of quid, maybe three fifty, four fifty. Yeah, three or four pounds, I reckon, on top. Excellent. Just enough. Uh, just enough for a sort of easy jet flight. <laughs> I don't oh. know. I think. I think. I. I wouldn't be. Obviously, I would be upset if Henri left because he's such a hard player to to uh, to replace. But if he's unhappy, he's unhappy, and unhappy players are not good to have in your team. It's the end of the uh, you know that's really all you can say, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I just uh, whatever happens, I suppose it'd be a big shame if if it got bitter, wouldn't it? I don't think it. I don't think it will get bitter because even if you remember when Vieira left, it was a couple of seasons when he was quite tempted to go, and then when he was finally sold, you know, he, he had a great reception when he came back. I think. Henri, he will say the right thing, and uh, and let, let's face it, even if he does kind of is being a bit odd about it at the moment, he has scored uh, so many goals for us and been such a good player that I think it would be a bit churlish to to boo him if he came back. Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the old cliche about you know when players say, "Oh, I love it, I love it," but you never know what can happen in football. Uh, it might be a cliche, but it's probably the most true of them all, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, listen, man. For me, slower. I'll leave you to your beer. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. And I'll leave you to yours. Thanks very much. All right then. Cheers. Yeah. Bye. And my thanks to the man from East Lore for taking time out from his uh, busy beer-drinking schedule uh, to talk to me last night about Thierry Henry. What's going to happen? Uh, we don't know. Um, yeah. I, there was a story in L'Equipe which said that Arsene Wenger uh, was in... Uh, Paris talking to Barcelona about uh, Thierry Henry, and and I believe that is true. Um, Quite whether Arsene can get the deal that he wants, uh, or the deal that would benefit Arsenal Football Club, or the deal um, which would allow Thierry Henry to leave, because he can't let Henry leave and not replace him with with, uh, proper quality. Um, I think that any deal, as I said, you know, on the Arscast a few weeks ago and on the blog, uh, if Thierry Henry moves to Barcelona, the only way it'll happen is if we get Etu as part of the deal. Now, it might mean us actually paying some money uh, for Etu, but uh, I think that would soften the blow considerably. And I have to say that uh, the the prospect of him leaving this summer uh, doesn't upset me nearly as much as it would have done last summer. Um, maybe it's because we've had a season more or less without him. Maybe it's because he's a year older or he's got sciatica or or maybe I'm just uh, a more philosophical person these days. But, you know, certainly uh, this summer uh, there's been a lot more to it, a lot more smoke. And where there's smoke, there's fire and often burn victims and victims of inhalation lying on the ground, crawling towards the exits. There are also people who, who get singed sort of on the eyebrows, or or perhaps if they have a moustache, they get that singe, and you get that horrible burning uh, hair smell. 
Uh, yeah, anyway, anyway. We will have uh, loads of time to talk about uh, what happens with Thierry. I think if something happens, it's going to happen quickly. It's not one of those things that's going to drag on for the uh, for the rest of the summer and, and bite us in the arse in August. So um, we'll wait and see before we make some further comment. Moving away from Thierry Henry, now we'll go to the man in the bar who's got another player history. Hello and welcome to another player history with me, the man in the bar. Today I'm telling you about a fella called Morris Waltz. He comes all the way from Germany. And his father, you might know him, he invented the Volkswagen all those years ago for Hitler. Hitler said, give us an old car there, Mr. Waltz. And he said, here's the Volkswagen. Okay, yeah. He was outdone by a fella called Volks, you see. But that's beside the point. Moritz grew up in Germany and he hadn't an ounce of football talent at all, you see, until one day he went walking through the woods on his way to school, his normal way. He go down the path and down the little lane there beside the big tree and once upon a time a man slash goat came out, a goat man or a man goat. His name was not Billy because that's just too obvious. He came out of the woods and he said, you there, what's your name and and thing said Moritz what's your name and he said my name is Graham and he said well it's very nice to meet you Graham and he said likewise Moritz and they went on an adventure because there was a waterfall you see and behind the waterfall they found an enchanted door which they opened with a magical key inside they went and they were transported to another land where all sorts of things were going on People had boxes for heads, there were red bags floating everywhere, and there was a mattress where there should have been the ground. Anyway, inside there they had to rescue a princess called Hilda, you see, who was Graham's brother's wife and had gone missing many years before as she was buying some chocolate syrup for a soda stream that she found in her attic. They had to battle all kinds of trolls and pixies and gypsies and all kinds of things. But in the end they managed to take her out of this terrible, terrible land which was known as Luxembourg. And they brought her back to the forest and everybody lived happily ever after. But as you might expect from a man-goat-goat-man thing, Graham had magical powers. And he said to Moritz, Moritz, what would you like as a reward for all your hard work in helping me solve this problem? And he said, Deutschmarks? No. Boris Becker's autograph? No. A signed picture of David Hasselhoff? Perhaps. But I would like, Graham, he said, footballing ability. And he gave it to him in spades. And he ended up at Arsenal. And nowadays, he plays for Fulham which when it's spelled backwards is the equivalent of the German word for magical forest full of strange and enchanted people. Coincidence? I think not. The man in the bar will be back on next week's Arscast with another player history and hopefully next week he won't have been smoking as much of the funny stuff as he appeared to have been smoking this week. And, you know, eating as many of the mushrooms as he appeared to have been eating and Uh, drinking all the whiskey he appeared to have been drinking and, you know, just staying away generally from the hallucinogens. He has been warned about this in the past, you see. He's got a police record, but we won't go into it. Unless he does it again, I'll tell you the whole filthy story, and it is filthy. 
You, you know, imagine the filthiest story you could think of, and it's filthier than that. Sorry, I was just imagining a filthy story there and got a bit carried away with myself. Uh, the other kit that we released, this kind of blue and red thing, um, yeah, that's our third kit that we might use in Europe if somebody wears red and if somebody also wears white or, you know, for some reason. And I think I'm told uh, by the marketing department at Arsenal uh, that if the worst comes to the worst, we do have a fourth kit, which is a white shirt, like a shirt, you know, with collars and cuffs and things, uh, with a sort of a gingham smock over it and a knee-length kilt with ankle socks and uh, Doc Martin boots. With studded Doc Martin boots, of course, for playing football. Uh, that's if the worst comes to the worst. Uh, that should be available in shops by the end of the summer. Uh, other transfer news this week? Hasn't really been a great deal, has there? Uh, all the transfer news is apparently to keep Thierry Henry happy and... It seems the only thing that will keep Thierry happy is a walk down the Ramblas and uh, some tortilla. Uh, but Ryan Babel, is it Babel or Babel? How do you pronounce that? Anyone? Obviously no one. Okay, well, Ryan Babel, I'll call him, because Babel sounds better than, than Babel, because Babel sounds like table, and tables just can't play football. I'm not quite sure where this whole thing is going. But anyway, he says it would be his dream to play for Arsene Wenger. Uh, some people have him down as a left-sided midfielder. Some people have him down as a striker. Um, I, I don't know enough about the boy, but I believe he's quite talented indeed. Uh, he could be a signing. Six million pounds, apparently, out of our 40 million pound war chest uh, that Keith Edelman was going on about. Anyway, look, it's going to be a, a busy weekend, I think, uh, particularly because the, the Spanish League is coming to an end. And then anything uh, in terms of transfers uh, can, can happen. I don't think there'll be too many distractions uh, and stories coming from Spain. I could be wrong. You know what the Spanish press are like. They don't seem to care about things like that. But Barcelona have to win uh, on Sunday and hope that Real Madrid slip up at home uh, against Mallorca. And now I'm no fan of Real Madrid, but uh, I kind of want them to win the league you see, uh, because this will spark another downturn in the fortunes of, of Barcelona. You remember Barcelona were a big, big club when we sold them over Mars and Petit, as we mentioned uh, earlier with the man from East Lower. But after we sold them then, and it's believed a gypsy curse was sold to Barcelona with Overmars and Petit. It was put into uh, Petit's suitcase. He had a particularly unhappy time because, um, yeah, the curse, you see, it, it infected him. Uh, on the flight over, and uh, it all went terribly wrong. So can you imagine if we sold uh, Barcelona to Thierry Henry and they didn't win anything for another three years? That'd be terrible. Oh, God, that'd be awful. I really wouldn't want that to happen at all. <laughs> uh, until uh, next week's Arsecast. Have yourselves a very good weekend. Um, let's hope that whatever happens, happens quickly. And we can talk about it on the blog uh, during the weekend and all next week, of course. So, um, bye.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.